Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. 7FF Show with Brian Katrick. He's been the talk of the course today with his huge drives and Ollie Dean. I really am rugged with kids. It's early Sunday morning. The sun is coming up. I'm on the tee at 7. I'm here to try my luck. They say this game's a tough one, but I'll give it my best shot. Though the bunkers look like beaches and the greens like parking lots. Oh, Lord. Big match coming up. I'm going to be Nina Caddy. What am I? Help me keep my head down. Save me from those double bogey blues. Golf requires goofy pants and a fat ass. You know, you don't deserve any credit hitting the ball with that swing of yours. Try to hit one with my swing. I'm catching on the ball. I'm moving my head. I'm laying it off. Well, that too. I'm proning. I'm clearing too early. I'm clearing too late. My God, my swing feels like I'm just a little chill. Step right up, folks. See if you can outdrive the amazing golf ball uh, whacker guy. Help me keep my head down. It looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole. Save me from those double bogey blues. Gunga, galunga. And a happy Sunday morning to you. It's the golf show, President's Cup. Sunday morning here on the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. I am not in our studios at the Battery. I am up north here in Louisville. No, that's not true. Uh, Peter Burns, a friend of mine, hosts the show there. Uh, it's actually hour number three or four of that show is still on on a lot of ESPN radio affiliates. Uh, they allow me to come on to talk golf for one hour. <laughs> But Peter and Katie were just talking about uh, the pronunciation of that town up there in Kentucky. It has caused our staff here, young intern Adam Crooks, probably, uh, probably with Derek, Derek Thomas wisely staying out of it, has decided he knows how to say Louisville. <laughs> we're having, we're trying to figure out how to spell that. How do you spell Louisville? It starts with an L, and then I felt like it ends with two L's. There's a V what, in so there. just getting rid of the E on the end? Oh, well, you did. I say Louisville like they do, like the, the mayor of the city does, like the sign tells you to. But, you know, if you haven't been there, you say it however you want. Uh, you didn't have a Louisville slugger growing up. Um, so I didn't. So I don't, just, just don't know how to. Sp- no, no, you didn't. I don't know how to spell it. L- so the L is definitely, and then uh. What makes uh? That's it. It's got to be two letters. But I don't know what makes uh. L. So we're gonna go with U A L U A V L L. Louisville. <laughs> That's what I'm going with. I'm in Orlando. Which is pronounced Orlando. <laughs> How would you screw up Orlando if you, if you had an accent? Spell Orlando. Well, I spell it. <laughs> I'm in Orlando. Actually went to 
Uh, a game heard right here on the, the family of stations somewhere. I don't know who had it, but Henry and I were at the first half of the Georgia Tech-UCF game yesterday. We're just in town. Uh, the kids have a Ninja Warrior competition here. They're representing their, their gym, Ninja Fit, down here. Uh, that game was on extra. Georgia Tech uh, had a lead early in that game. UCF, I uh, believe they were three touchdown favorites. The game was closer than that. And then uh, UCF stretched it out. We did, We weren't there for the second half. We left at halftime because we had to go pick up Henry's sister. Otherwise known as my daughter. <laughs> but we're happy. It's kind of cool experience to uh, to just be in a town and realize, hey, there's a football game over there. We can just breeze by, check it out, see what that's all about. I've never been to that place. Never been to their stadium. We sat on the uh, the Georgia Tech sidelines and were staring across at the massive press box. And, uh, you know, the press box structure right up in the middle of the home side. And they right have, have right there in the middle of the facade, 2017 national champions. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> and uh, we have a, we get a big chuckle out of that. But a big campus, UCF. And we only know because we had to park all the way across it. Because we showed up, you know, twenty minutes before the game, we made the decision to show. We made the decision to go forty minutes before the game. Couldn't have done that if the game was in Louisville. <laughs> Louisville, what are you clearing your throat? For crying out loud! So, uh, President's Cup, also not in Louisville, Charlotte. North Carolina, we are on to day four of the President's Cup. Sounds a little funny. Uh, most golf tournaments have four rounds. Uh, the Ryder Cup doesn't. The Ryder Cup has three. Singles is day three. President's Cup starts on Thursday. They played five alternate shot matches. Uh, they didn't have to. That's what they did. They used to play more than that. Used to play for 32 points. They would play all six players on Thursday and all six players on Friday. Uh, but they, they do it a little differently. They're trying to, to be a little different than the Ryder Cup. I get it. Uh, I think some of the adjustments they've made between the President's Cup and the Ryder Cup over the years, the Ryder Cup was around first. The President's Cup shows up in the in the 90s, a way to showcase a, an entire part of the globe that was underrepresented. When, when the Ryder Cup started, it was just the United States against Great Britain and Ireland. All right, well, that's not that's not everywhere. It does include Louisville, but it doesn't include everywhere. At the time, it didn't include Spain, any of Europe. So uh, Jack Nicholas, Tony Jacklin, they get together. They get the uh, they lobby for the inclusion of continental Europe. The Ryder Cup competition changes for the better because of that, and has been uh, very entertaining since. Eighties. Uh, by the time we get to the nineties, they actually pull it off. They, they they get the event together. The PGA Tour says, "Well, look, how about the rest of the world? Now we're now we're only representing two continents or one country in one continent. Uh, let's let's." Let's get together. What about the rest of the world? They should have a team. And so that's what the international team is. The international team is everybody that isn't on the European Ryder Cup team. So for our purposes, for golf purposes, that's South Korea, Japan, China, Australia, New Zealand, South Africa. 
these are the places that you know have become golf hotbeds or are golf hotbeds outside of continental Europe. So, so that's who's on this team. Uh, it's been very one-sided. A snapshot. I think most of the golf fans listening realize the internationals have only won at one time. They tied it once. Last year, or last time we played back in 2019, it was close at Royal Melbourne, but it, you know, didn't happen. So, uh, so here we go. Now, what are they doing differently? Well, we used to play for 32 points. Now, the problem is that that is that team is the weaker team. It's probably the weakest of the three teams. You take the European Ryder Cup team, you take the American team, you take this international team. That's the weakest of the three. Uh, and Nick Price, who was a captain a, lo- a long time, Greg Norman, who was a captain several times. They both played on a bunch of teams, Ernie Els. They've been saying this all along. Look, if you got a team that we know on paper is weaker, let's not play for as many points. Let's give us the ability to hide some players, mix things up. The longer this game goes on, the more likely the, the best team is to, to come out on top. And and here we went from the 28-point Ryder Cup format. You're going with a 32-point President's Cup format. Uh, that didn't seem fair. Now, what the PGA Tour was trying to do, PJ Tour runs this. What they were trying to do is just come up with something different. I think that was a miss. There were a bunch of hits, but I think that was a miss. We're down to 30 points now. Still two more points than they play for in the, in the Ryder Cup. Uh, the international team is still not the strongest, although they're probably going to be stronger than next year's Ryder Cup team, uh, European Ryder Cup team. Uh, so who knows? You never know how these teams get put together. The European Ryder Cup team, for some reason, always finds a way to overcome the odds. You look at this International President's Cup on paper, the World Golf Rankings, pretty good. Success in major championships, pretty good. PGA Tour win list, pretty good. These guys all play here week in and week out. We know who these guys are. So so I think that's still too many points. I think the Internationals still think it's too many points. Here's a couple things that I think the President's Cup does right. I, I could take or leave the Thursday start. Uh, I, I don't need it. I, you know, the, if this was the Ryder Cup, they play they play two sessions on Friday, two ses- two sessions on Saturday, then the singles on Sunday. All right, you want to start on Thursday? Let's just play one session on Friday. Let's or Thursday. Let's just play one session in the afternoon. It doesn't have to have five matches. Four matches would have been just fine. We wouldn't have noticed. We're all still watching. No big deal. But that's not what they want to do. They used to play six. Now they want to play five. It gives the international captain a chance to take his four weakest players in alternate shot and sit them down. Alternate shot's a tough format. You get no rhythm. Your, your partner has to pay for your bad shots as opposed to you, which is exact opposite of how the game is played every other, every other round. So it's just a tougher format mentally it's, and, and legitimately a tougher format. Uh, so you could start that way, but they don't want to. Uh, I, I still think we're playing for too many points. Now, what I do like is how they pick the matches. Okay, so Thursday morning, this is actually Wednesday. It was Wednesday afternoon. The captains are sitting down at a podium. In the Ryder Cup, all right, we're going to play four matches the next day. So what the American captain does is he puts his four teams, he writes them down, he puts them in the order they want to go out. Tiger and Phil are going first. You know, and here's here's the here's the team that's going second, third, and fourth, and you you turn that envelope in, and the European side does the same thing. You don't know who you're going against. And that's fine, but what the Presidents Cup does, they sit at a podium and they're looking at each other, and the home team gets to go first, and then for some reason the tour official says, "All right, Captain Love, you get to go first. What team would you like to put out first on Thursday?" And Davis says, "We'd like to defer." 
I was like, that's a joke. That's funny. He went defer because that's what they say now. Every football kickoff is defer. Since they gave him that option, which happened in my lifetime, we didn't have the option to defer when I was a kid. Somewhere between the time when I was born and now, defer became a thing. So Davis defers. And John Much, who's running the running the thing, he's running the press conference, turns over, he looks over his right shoulder at Trevor Immelman. Okay, Trevor, now you guys got to pick. <laughs> I hope Trevor knew that was coming. He's South African. I know he watches some football, but I don't know if he watches it closely enough to know about being able to defer. So Trevor puts out Adam Scott and Hideki Matsuyama, and he has to say it. We're going to put out Adam Scott and Hideki Matsuyama. Those are two of his major champions right there on the team. All right. And uh, and then Davis gets to say, all right, we're going to put out Patrick Cantlay and Zinder Shoffley. Now Davis has to put a team out. Okay, so that's match one. Now Davis has got to put a team out. Now Davis says, okay, we're going to put out Spieth and Thomas. And now Trevor's got to decide who he wants to match up. And you see how they alternate. It's kind of like, alternates kind of like a snake draft. It's really cool. I like that. That's better. That's way better than what the Ryder Cup does. Way better. Ryder Cup ought to just steal that. Who cares? It's better. It's, be- it's better television. Then they sit there and answer questions about it. In this case, it was two questions, both to Davis. Immelman didn't get one question, <laughs> and then they left. So that's what they do after every session and you know, before every session, and I like that. The other thing that was interesting, we talked about it last week. We had Ken Venturi on to, to promote this back in the day, the old terrestrial PGA Tour radio, and uh, the Ryder Cup can end in a tie. Both teams can have 14 points, and if you end in a tie, then the team that has the cup keeps the cup. All right, that's weird, but that's what they do, and it's tradition, and okay, it's just golf. We'll go with it. Ken Venturi kept telling us there's no tie. We're not going to end in a tie. It's not going to happen. All right, and he promoted that we're going to have a name in the envelope. In the Ryder Cup, the name in the envelope is the guy that doesn't play if somebody on the other team gets hurt. President's Cup, the name in the envelope is the guy that does play if we're tied. We talked about it last week. It happened with Tiger and Ernie Els. The only time we ever had a tie. Tiger and Ernie Els are playing in South Africa. It gets dark. They play three holes. They're still tied. Uh, they had that awkward moment with the commissioner. We talked all about it last week. And uh, and they just declared that they're going to share the cup. Well, they've changed the rules now. That's where they do. That's what they do now. There's no more name in the envelope. I think they got to go back to that. Let's start Sunday a little bit earlier. Let's go back to that. Let's go back to no ties. Share the cup is great, but come on. You got merchandise now. People are buying cool logo for the international side. Cool team colors. They're black and gold. I like it. Great logo. Kind of looks like the old John Player special Formula One team. Nice. You want me to buy the team merchandise? You got to give me a winner at the end of the week. Don't give me a tie. That's just me. All right, so here's where things stand. President's Cup through four rounds. It is all of a sudden tight. United States leads 11 to 7. In case you missed it, they start off in the morning and uh, on Thursday, and the Americans just in the alternate shot. It's the Americans' best format, and they win it. They win it four points to one point. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with alternate shot, how it works, it, it's kind of named. They call it foursomes because that's fancy. Uh, but there are also people that call it Louisville, and that's dumb. 
Okay, uh, we covered that. Spell it. If you could spell it, I'll let you call it that. Now, nobody's asking me, but that should be part of the rule. So, uh, so they call it foursomes. It's alternate shot. And how it actually works is for match number one, it was Cantlay and Shoffley against Scott and, and Matsuyama. Uh, what they do is one guy decides he's going to hit the tee shots on the odd-numbered holes, and one guy hits the tee shots on the even-numbered holes. And that's that. It doesn't matter who finished the previous hole. That's not important. It, you know. It, so I believe Cantlay hit the opening tee shot. I don't remember. This is Thursday. So it means he's going to tee off on all the odds, and then Xander's going to tee off on all the evens. It's just that simple. So then you play the hole, you alternate the shots. Uh, drops don't count. If Patrick chunks it in the water, the the you know we're dropping two and hitting three. The two is not Xander, and then Patrick gets to hit three again. No, you actually alternate strikes of the golf ball until the hole is finished. And uh, that's pretty cool. You can see how that throws off the rhythm, though, and how you really do need to be on the same page with your partner because... First of all, you got to decide which golf ball you're going to play. If you guys play different golf balls, you got to figure that out. Adam Scott plays a Titleist. Sadecki plays a Srixon. Right off the bat, we got an issue. Uh, what Paul Azinger was noticing is that whoever teed off on the uh, on the first hole is going to do most of the putting. Because you tee off at number one, and then your 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 partner hits the approach shot. And then you're going to putt for birdie there at number one. Uh, well, all the par threes at Quail Hollow are even numbered holes. I never knew that. That wasn't the case before they rerouted it because 17 was a par three. But now 17 isn't 17 anymore. I think 17 is 14. So so all of a sudden, that, that number two guy, the even, the even number guy, he's going to hit those approaches. And so you're going to have the same guy putting on all those. And apparently that's that's the putting position. You don't see that. Much, but it's a way they pick how they're going to do it. And uh, again, it takes a lot of team coordination. The knock on the Americans all through the 80s and the 90s as the European team was winning all these Ryder Cups was, well, just they're too individualistic. They don't play as a team. Yet their best format was alternate shot, which takes the most teamwork. So again, you got to take some of this analysis with a grain of salt. Don't take that Louisville thing with a grain of salt. You look it up. You do better. I know a lot of you are driving around, so I say Louisville. Well, do better. <laughs> uh, so so the statistical analysis or the snap, the knee-jerk analysis is just wrong. Uh, I saw a tweet from a guy who said, hey, these matches have been closer than they look. Uh, up until yesterday afternoon, the uh, the internationals had only led for three holes. believe that's what it was. Three holes. Or maybe that was just through the first two days. Don't tell me they've been closer than they look. You won two matches through two days. You've only led for three holes. So sometimes analysts just say things, and that's it's wrong. Uh, so the Americans win four to one on Thursday morning. The only team that didn't win: Scotty Scheffler and Sam Burns. Scotty's the number one player in the world. Siwoo Kim and Cam Davis beat them two up. Scotty and Sam were, I believe, four up at one point in that match. Siwoo and Cam just come storming back, and they win. We go out there, we play best ball on Friday afternoon, same thing. The Americans just steamroll them. They win four matches. The Internationals actually didn't win any. In this case, they tied two. One of the ties was Kevin Kisner and Cameron Young tying Mito Pereira and Christian Bezaden-Hote. And the other tie, Sung J.M. and Sebastian Munoz, 
tied Scotty Scheffler and Sam Burns. So through two days, Scheffler and Burns don't have a win yet. Burns has got, I think, three wins or had three wins last year. Scheffler's the number one player in the world. He won four times. These guys are, they're 0-1-1. Then they come out on Saturday morning, back to alternate shop. At this point, it's 8-2. to two. You need uh, uh, <laughs> 15.5 points to put this thing away. You got eight more. Yeah, that's right. Eight more on the line on Saturday. You've already got eight. If you get all eight, this thing can end on Saturday. It almost happened at Liberty National. I don't know what they would have done. If the cup has been mathematically clinched with with one day to go, I mean, they have to play. But But how do you do that? We were very close to finding that out. Liberty National. We were not that close this week. Because we get to Saturday, the international team, they split the alternate shot. Scheffler and Burns lost again. <laughs> they uh, they lose to uh, K.H. Lee and Tom Kim. Then, on Saturday afternoon, the international team does the unthinkable. They won the session, and they won 3-1. to one. They didn't win them all. They won 3-1. to one. The only American side that won was a pretty convincing win. Spieth and Thomas won again. They're undefeated this week. Matsuyama and Taylor Pendrith is who they beat. They beat them 4-3. and three. But the Internationals won the other four, the other three matches. And now it's tight. So we'll break down the records. Uh, a new hero has been identified. Uh, Paul Azinger said, this guy's my new favorite player. If you've been watching any of this, you're probably wondering, who is this guy? Who is Tom Kim? And what is he all about? Well, he's Paul Easinger's new favorite player. We're going to talk about it next. We'll break down the singles matches. Yes, the Americans could lose this President's Cup. It's a four-point lead. That's still the biggest comeback ever in Ryder Cup. So four points is a lot. It's only happened twice. Each side did it once. So it's not likely to happen. But good on the internationals for tightening things up. We'll see if we can't find the internationals their wins today. We'll break it down when we come back. It's the golf show on the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. And now it's time for Who's Driving? Brought to you by Ray Judice. If you're facing DUI charges, you need a DUI lawyer who will step up to the T for you. Call Ray Cell at 404-964-4185 to schedule an appointment. I gotta ask Ray a question. I can call him while I'm driving. Because they got the goofy toll booths down here in Florida. I'm down in Orlando. And they have the, the it says on the sign you can just drive through it pay by plate. Well, then why would I go over there and throw coins into the thing if pay-by-plate is an option? Of course, I'm making this decision at highway speeds. Probably wasn't thinking it through. Should have called Ray. Hopefully, I did the right thing. Probably didn't. Uh, we're going to learn about everybody's favorite player. His name is Tom Kim. He's 2-2-0. He is, he's got the best record on the international team. Cam Davis has got a couple of wins. Uh, Siwoo Kim's got a couple of wins. So does Adam Scott. But uh, he's one of their two-win guys. Tom Kim wasn't even a member 
of the PGA Tour when he came, and he won the Wyndham Championship. He now is a member of the PGA Tour. He's rapidly climbing the world golf rankings. He's only 20. Uh, his name is not Tom Kim. His name is uh, Joe Hyung Kim, or sorry, yeah, Joo Hyung Kim. But he decided to call himself Tom. His family called him called him Tom. We learned this back at the Wyndham Championship, just in case you missed it, because he grew up loving Thomas the Tank Engine. So they call him Tom, and everybody loves Tom Kim. Here he was, uh, this was Saturday morning, yesterday morning, Tom Kim finishing off a team's eagle putt. Check out this reaction. Oh, great opportunity here for Tom Kim, this for eagle here at the par four. Down a slope, and then it should break to his right as it loses speed. Did he do it again? Tom Kim, a uh, a fire plug. When he was driving earlier this week, uh, he was doing the Ian Poulter and the Bubba Watson thing. He had the crowd around the first tee. Instead of hushing him, he just like, just come on. He had the crowd roaring when he hit his first tee shot. I love when they do that. Uh, of course, the clip that they, uh, they showed that's making its way around Twitter, uh, he just hits a gigantic pull hook off the tee. But it catches a tree and comes back out in the fairway. So maybe that's karma. Uh, Tom Kim. <laughs> there he is. Uh, flawless English, too, by the by, out of Tom Kim. He even he even says Louisville. <laughs> you don't know that. Oh, uh, you you don't know that he doesn't. How? Do, why wouldn't I know that? This is what I do for a living. Uh, I don't know how he says Louisville. How would I possibly know? Well, he's not even old enough to drink that Kentucky bourbon from Louisville, is he? No, from where? Louisville, <laughs> Louisville. <laughs> oh, you guys are entertaining. Uh, he is not. He's not old enough. Just twenty, but so much fun to watch. And uh, he's got uh, Joe Scavron caddying for him. Joe Scavron, uh, caddy Joe. If you watch the uh, the golf commercials closely, that was Ricky Fowler's caddy. And uh, they they split up. Ricky's struggling, trying to get back to the top of his game. And Joe Scavron, who has caddied for Ricky in the President's Cup, is now caddying for Tom Kim, getting some international team gear. Yeah, he's got himself a new horse, and that's probably a pretty good horse to attach yourself to. You know, you know where they breed horses? It's a big, big horse country. Matter of fact, it's where they race, race the Kentucky Derby. Is it uh, Louisville, that place? It's, it's right downtown Louisville. It's right there by the airport. <laughs> when you're uh, when you're coming in, if you approach, I believe from the west. I was sitting on the right side of the plane the other day. The other day, it was only a couple months ago, and there is Churchill Downs. The left side of the plane is looking at the uh, looking at the football stadium, and, and you, you can were, see the see the were, baseball you were stadium. Flying into Louisville, right? And was I? I hope not. Louisville sounds like you wouldn't even need landing gear. Like, it's just mud. The plane would just get stuck. You just bring it down and just stick right there in the ground, right? Just stick it right in the Louisville. Then they'd have to use the uh, the exit, the inflatable exit ramps for us. We get our shoes all dirty. Could you imagine getting Louisville all over your shoes? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. 
Uh, we actually love that city. City I'm not a huge fan of. Uh, Washington, D.C. There's some cool stuff up there. Go see the museums. They're free, except that you've been paying for them your whole life. Uh, Greg Norman goes. Uh, there, there is a, there's a Greg Norman side story to this whole President's Cup, okay? He was part of the original International President's Cup team. He was one of the guys it was based around. He's captain multiple times. He's played on it multiple times. He was a player on the winning team, the only winning team uh, for that international side. Uh, he, had a, uh, he had a tweet earlier in the week that he put out with the picture of him and his winning side from 1998. And uh, his tweet says, as a former player and captain of the international team, I wish Trevor Immelman and his entire team the best in repeating our only 1998 President's Cup success in Melbourne. And uh, I guess Trevor Immelman felt like that was self-serving and self-aggrandizing. And he just responded to it with LOL on Twitter. I hate the stories that are just about tweets. But I know Greg is very active on social media. I don't know how self-aggrandizing that was. They only have one win. If they had two wins and you're saying, hey, look, I won one of these things, okay, that's a little self-aggrandizing. They got one. And he was a part of it. The whole team was built. You could, you could almost say the event was kind of conceived because, hey, Greg's never going to play in a Ryder Cup. We've got to get guys like Greg Norman and Nick Price involved in this. He wasn't the reason, but he was part of the discussion. Uh, but I don't know. You, you tell me. Tell me he's got an ego. Fine. Tell me. Tell me it was all just to pat himself on the back. Fine. You could be right. That's what Trevor Immelman thought. <laughs> so, so he just laughed at it. Um, Greg's situation this past week. I didn't understand this. Uh, he went to Washington D.C. To, to talk to members of Congress. Now, you can go. They all have their little office buildings. There, you're not you're not going and addressing Congress. He's not standing there behind the podium with the gavel. I guess they don't give everybody the gavel. Boy, that would be great if they gave everybody the gavel. But no, he's just he's just milling around from office to office. Uh, Henry and I went up there for National Golf Day a few years ago, and we were making our way through the Rayburn office building looking to see if that's where any of the Georgia representatives were, and we couldn't find any. But you're making your way through this massive office building. It's all marble, it seems like. The hallways are gigantic. The building is gigantic. There's tunnels underneath everything. It's a, it's a really cool spot to walk around in, and you can go walk around in it. We could have found our congressman's door and walked in. Now, we might have been asked to leave. Some of the doors were closed, but some of the doors were open. The doors that were open were some of the guys that weren't there. The guys or gals. I don't, you know, you, you couldn't always tell what was going on with the with the door. You know, they, they identified the state. But uh, so Greg Norman's going up there and he's going to he's going to lobby. He's going to go meet some people. And in this case, he doesn't even need to find the people from Georgia. He didn't find anybody he wants. Well. There's been several stories written about this. I wasn't there. And as with everything else in Washington, you take it all with a grain of salt. But this one's a little tougher to kind of plan ahead of time, right? You know that if, if, if President Biden says something, that 
that the Fox News folks are not going to take it very kindly, and their story about it's not going to be great. And you know that if, if, good Lord, you know if Donald Trump sneezes, CNN's going to cover it, and it isn't going to be very kind. But where is Greg Norman going to come in on all this? He's not American. He's having events at Trump facilities, but you know that but the 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 far right you know they're they're they've got the saudi ties to 911 and you know they're not for any of this so this one's kind of skewing some political lines this is as political as we're going to get with this but the story is he's in washington dc so who are you going to talk to and what are you talking to him about that was my question washington dc is not being asked to do anything here They've got a court case where they're suing the tour for antitrust. I don't think this is going to get to Congress. Maybe Greg thinks it's going to get to Congress. But we find the only story that got written about it outside of the world of golf was on a website called The Hill. I don't care which way it skews. You don't have to email the station. You don't have to call Derek and, and Adam. I don't care. Because in this case, it doesn't. you can't really tell which way it's going to go anyway. Well, he meets with, <laughs> there's a couple of funny quotes. He meets with a couple of people, Republican Congressman, uh, Republican Representative Chip Roy from Texas. All right. Uh, you're siding with Trump. You got to feel like, first of all, it's a golf story that's siding with Trump. You got a guy named Chip from Texas. That's got to be friendly, right? Wrong. Chip from Texas, not happen. happy. Here's his quote. Don't come in here and act like you're doing some great thing, like you're pimping a billion dollars of Saudi Arabian money and the kingdom of Saudi Arabia here in the United States. It's PR for Saudi Arabia. It's PR for Live Golf. All right, so Chip Chip Roy was in a bad mood. It's fine. I don't know a thing about Chip Roy. He wasn't impressed. But at this point, you got walk, you're walking out of the Texas guy's office. You may be looking around at some of your advisors, going, "Why are we here again?" It gets worse. Now they go they go meet uh, Tim Burchett, another Republican. He's from Tennessee. All right, again, we got country songs about Texas and Tennessee. Right? This should be friendly. No. According to the story, Tim Burchett, who also I know nothing about, although probably a Tennessee fan, got to be pretty happy this morning. Just making that up, though. Don't know. Maybe he went to Florida. Couldn't tell you. But uh, Tim Burchett apparently walked out of the meeting because he said he couldn't understand his, uh, Greg's Australian accent. When pressed for a quote, Tim says, it's a bunch of rich guys. They're not going to play golf somewhere. It doesn't bother me one bit. Federal government needs to stay out of there and let, let these country clubbers handle their own game. Well, that's not great. <laughs> so... He would go on to elaborate. So I, I don't know that that trip went very well for Greg Norman. We've talked about it here on the show a lot. I, I'm friends with Greg. I like Greg. I I feel like I would have been in, I would have been okay with this trip. Sure, let's go to Washington. Not sure, again. I'm not sure why. It's not like you were going to walk away from there and they were going to declare anything for you. I don't know that you're ever going to need their help on anything. 
but he's been very supportive of the American military over the years. Uh, he's He's been friends with presidents on both sides of the political aisle, clearly snuggled up to Donald Trump right now. They're going to have their last event of the year down at Doral. You remember when Bill Clinton blew out his knee? Anybody remember this? We got a lot of folks that aren't even old enough to remember this. But Bill Clinton, as the sitting president, blew out his knee, fell down a flight of stairs or slipped on the stairs and had to go have knee surgery as the sitting president. That was at Greg Norman's house. So, and that's that's the other side of the aisle. So, look, he's been very political before. I don't know who thought this was a good idea. Very obviously, this Hill article may not be telling the full story. There's quotes from two senators, I promise you, or two congressmen, I promise you, he met with more than just two. But there, there hasn't been a story written about about this trip that was positive, and I just don't know what uh, what the point was. So, uh, Tim Burchett would wind, would wind up going on and tweeting about this. Weren't Saudis flying some of those planes on 9-11? And what about the killing of Jamal Khashoggi? Now we're, now we're ragging on this guy on Twitter. I, I think that's what you were looking to avoid. Again, I don't know what they were looking to get. But there's that. All right. President's Cup Sunday singles. We'll break down the matchups. There are 12 of them, and the internationals can win. We'll tell you how when we come back. It's the golf show on the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. Two of Atlanta's best golf experts right here on Atlanta's Golf Station. Now more of the golf show with Brian K. Crick and Ali Dean on Atlanta's Sports Station, the fan. So, by the way, Ali hinting at a return. Not to me, (laughs) but to others. All right, President's Cup. Final day, Quail Hollow Club, Charlotte, North Carolina. A friend of mine, Taylor Zarzer, he is uh, does our morning show on Sirius XM PGA Tour Radio. He is also uh, a member at the Quail Hollow Club, and they they let him be the first tee announcer. And oh, I am so jealous. Hang on, I have to take a drink. I'm so jealous. That's a little unprofessional, but I spent the whole break stuffing my face. And normally you wouldn't eat the entire break, but I did. Uh, I'm not in the battery this week. I'm down in uh, Orlando. Got a got a bust out of here. Got the ninja competition for the kids going on. Uh, their ninja fit team is is down here uh, competing at really cool gym. If you watch American Ninja Warrior, that guy R.J. Roman, who uh, almost won the show, is this is his gym down here. So, uh, and they love R.J. and they love his gym. And, they got a great gym called Ninja Fit, and both kids work at it, and they're both competing today. I can't wait. So, uh, Taylor's the first tee starter. He gets to be, you know, gets to give the announcements, and uh, what what a great time. We we use at the Tour Championship, we use Zach Klein from WSB. He does a great job as the first tee announcer. Uh, what a great thrill that is, especially for either of those two events, because you're not out there all day. I think Zach only has two hours of tee times. Taylor doesn't even have that. Today he does. But he didn't, you know, the first three days because, you know, you're only introducing four matches, uh, five matches, whatever it is. Now, Saturday was out there a little longer, but you get it. Lots of fun. Uh, Sunday singles. Uh, we're going to get to that in just a second. There's the one other story, and we've been talking about this since the dawn of the President's Cup. 
Uh, there's been there've been two things that have come up in the uh, in the woke golf Twitter. I have my own blog set, and uh, that's a great that's a great contingent. I'm, I'm glad those folks are interested in, in and excited about the game of golf. But you get some really stale takes out of that group from time to time, and we got a couple of them with regards to this President's Cup. One of them was, oh, we should have a President's Cup between Liv and the PGA Tour. All right, you completely do not understand the problem. <laughs> I mean, it's not, it's not that you don't completely understand the problem. You completely don't understand the problem. Would that be compelling? I'm not even sure it would be compelling. Guys playing out of hate? Okay, well, now we're, we are knocking on the door here, but the two sides are not going to work together this way. The PGA Tour invented this. You ruined it by taking players. And you could say, and I was, I was very disappointed. I, I heard, a, I, I saw a friend of mine with a, with a comment on social media talking about how the PGA Tour has completely botched the live situation. Completely botched? We talked about this before. They came in and have thrown at this point now $2 billion at this sport. And they have majorly disrupted it. You tell me a sport that they could have thrown $2 million, $2 billion at that they would not have completely disrupted. You tell me that sport, and then we can have the discussion about all the ways the PGA Tour botched this. They got targeted. They came after them with unlimited funds, and it has absolutely damaged them. Unarguable. Has the PGA Tour been flawless in all their decision-making? I'm sure they haven't. But I don't know what the mistakes were. How do you defend yourself against this? Well, if you'd have let them play in both, if you let them play in both, you'd have lost everybody. Everybody would have gone. And then you got nothing left. $2 billion. They're all going just for the money. So one of the stale takes is let's let's have an event, them versus, you know, the, the live group versus the PGA Tour group. Okay. Sure. Why don't we just have... Uh, the Rock on one team and Stone Cold on the other, and the tiebreaker can be a wrestling match. Since we're in fantasy land, why don't we just have Greg Norman and and, and uh, Jay Monahan with a good old-fashioned duel? Let's take 10 paces and turn around and see who's still standing. That'd make for great TV. You're just making stuff up. It's not going to happen. All right, here's the other one. Here's the other stale take. Uh, oh, this would be a great event if you put the, the LPGA players in it. Yeah, it would. But why it's stale is that we've been saying that since year one of the President's Cup. We've been saying that since the beginning. The problem is you got to let the President's Cup develop. How do you do it? Well, you also had at least two LPGA commissioners along the way that didn't want any part of it. I don't know why. That was a good idea back in the 1990s when it first came out, and it's a good idea now. You can't give up on this event because the PGA Tour has invested too much in this event to give it up. Uh, I can tell you, they were pretty excited with yesterday's international team comeback. You have this thing end on Saturday once, I think you'll see the ladies involved <laughs> very shortly thereafter. That would be compelling. I don't know that you can invent a third event I don't know how you want to do that, but that idea is as old as the President's Cup itself. It's stale. And you had two LPGA commissioners that weren't down with it.
Molly Marcoux Saman is down with it. She's good about. It. She's good with it. I think Jay Monahan is good with it. I think you're going to see some progress on that. But you had to have two commissioners on the same page, and you didn't have that for a lot of the time. Plus, you also had to have a format that you feel like isn't working. And I don't know that, that you could say that about the President's Cup. 2019 was close. And we'll see how today goes. Uh, if it's a blowout. But, by the way, this is close with the international B team. So keep that in mind. Can you invent something else? Can you make it a spinoff? Yeah, sure. I, I'd be. I'd, I'd watch. Fantastic. But that idea is old. You didn't think about that for the first time on your blog. Uh, all right, here's the Sunday singles. The Americans sending out Thomas and Spieth. They're both 4-0. They're going out first. Justin Thomas takes on Siwoo Kim. Jordan Spieth against Cam Davis. It's hard to go 5-0. and But that looks like those, those are two good chances for those guys to go 5-0. and uh, The third match, Sam Burns versus Hideki Matsuyama. Well, Hideki's having a good week. Sam Burns having a terrible week. Seems like the internationals can win that. Patrick Cantlay all by himself without Xander against Adam Scott. Uh, great putter in Patrick Cantlay, shaky putter in Adam Scott. Don't know. Don't know how that's going to go. Adam Scott's a much better ball striker. He's longer than Patrick Cantlay, and this is a bomber's golf course. Scotty Scheffler is next up. He takes on Sebastian Munoz. That was probably a break right there. Sebastian is a guy that sat out the first day. Hasn't played much. Scheffler has no wins. Tony Finau against Taylor Pendrith. Look out in the group in front. Luckily, Scheffler and Munoz pound on it because Finau and Pendrith will be driving it into him all day. Pendrith hits it forever. Xander Shoffley takes on Corey Connors in the next match. I mean, Xander's tough to beat, especially well, pretty much anywhere. But he's, he's had such a wonderful week. Good luck to Corey Connors on that one. Uh, Cam Young taking on Sung J M. It's Cam Young's first first week doing this. First time ever. Uh, Cam Young won one and one. Had a little bit of everything. That's going to be tight right there. Uh, the next match, Billy Horschel against K.H. Lee. But well, I watched K.H. Lee win in Dallas. He seems like a guy that can beat anybody anywhere, but Billy Horschel's tough. Billy Horschel will not quit. Max Homa's 3-0. and oh. This is the match everybody wants to wor- watch. There's three from the end, match 28. It's 10 of 12 today. Max Homa at 3-0, and oh, taking on Tom Kim. Every- Let's go! Let's go. Everybody's favorite, 2-2-0, two, two oh, Tom Kim against 3-0, and oh, Max Homa in match number 10 of the day. Uh, then Colin Morikawa taking on Mito Pereira. Neither one of them had their best stuff this week. Same thing for Kisner and Bizaden Hote. It could be over with by then, but it could be hanging the balance with four guys there at the end who don't have their best stuff. Could be scrappy, could be fun. Definitely make sure you tune in. Adam, Derek, well done. Enjoy your Sunday of football. We'll talk to you next week on The Fan 680 and 93.7 FM. Woo! Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. 
A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season.